Today is October 12th, and this is the 14th episode of the MMA Mike podcast. I'm a little congested, uh, pardon if I sound off or if you can't quite hear me as clear as normal. Uh, I don't think I have COVID. Uh, I think it's just a head cold, but uh, I'm feeling okay. And uh, last weekend, I mean, we had a great, great uh, fight night, Marais versus Sanhagen. It happened Saturday the 10th. Um, and I'll jump right into it uh, because I know this main event last week, I had a very hard time predicting a winner um, and and seeing how the outcome would happen. I mean, uh, wow, did we get a finish by Corey Sanhagen. Uh, you know, the first round, I thought it was very competitive. Um, it, it, I saw a lot of good things from both both fighters. Sanhagen did exactly what he needed to do by staying on the outside, touching Marias. Uh, getting Marias to throw shots and uh, try and tire Marias. And uh, Sanhagen did exactly that in the first round. But Marias also looked pretty slick, pretty sharp in the first round as well. He was throwing good strikes, uh, hit Corey Sanhagen with some strong strikes. And, um, you know, it... it, it it was interesting. Uh, Marias did get a takedown at the very end of the first round, you know, and it was a close first round, and I kind of gave it to Marias just with the, the takedown at the end as well. Um, but, you know, Corey Sanhagen continued to carry out his game plan into the second round and got that beautiful wheel kick finish in the second round and put Marias out. And, you know, I, I really do like Corey Sanhagen. He's young. He did get a little bit of a setback when he lost his previous fight against Aljamain Sterling, but I don't think that's a good and fair representation of him. I think, you know, sometimes it's just not your night and you're a little bit off, and I think that's what happened. But he showed clearly on Saturday that uh, he's here to stay. He's on top of the division, and he's looking to come back and get that title fight. Um, he, he did say that... Uh, Aljamain Sterling should be the number one contender against Peter Yan, uh, which most likely will happen. Should I'm guessing it's going to be announced pretty soon. Um, so that that fight makes sense, uh, you know, to further that division. And uh, you know what's next for Corey Sanhagen? And, and he kind of called some people out. Uh, you know, T.J. Dillashaw uh, is ending his suspension soon so he should be back he's going to be looking to get right back up up there for for the title and uh you know i think that matchup would be awesome i think stylistically it, it's pretty interesting um you know sanhagen has beautiful height and reach and you know i and going back to this fight you know i kind of was concerned that Sanhagen was a little thin. I thought Marias was going to have a lot more power. But to me, you know, watching Sanhagen fight, he, he could take a shot. He's got some power. He's got some strength to him. Uh, I, I really like his his size now for that division. I wasn't so sure going into it, but I, I really like it. Um, so I think he poses a lot of threats to some smaller guys and, uh, you know, guys with not the same uh height and reach as as him so i think he poses a great threat there and also he called out uh frankie edgar who 
Frankie Edgar just beat Pedro Munoz in a in a good five round fight. He's gonna be looking to move forward too. So I I think that fight could make sense as well. So there's a lot of options for Corey Sanhagen. I'd say one more win and he should get the the title fight. Uh, again, you know the winner of Jan versus Sterling. So I think he's in a great spot. And uh, for Marias, I think you know he needs to get back on. Uh, you know the train try and stay a little more active he it's been a little bit since he competed and he competed last against uh jose aldo but i think he should get right back in there maybe face uh pedro munhos or maybe even he faces frankie edgar but we'll see i mean there's there's a lot of fights in there for him i mean the 135 uh, like like a lot of other divisions, but maybe more so, is very, very stacked. There's a lot of talent, a lot of fighters, a lot of upcoming guys, a lot of veterans. So there's a lot of options for him as well. Um, and I'll just, you know, close up uh, this fight by saying, you know, I, I was it was hard for me. And I know I keep saying that, but it, it, I, I just, with Mariah's experience um, and just, I, I, I found him to be a threat. I knew that in the later rounds, it was going to go more towards Sanhagen, but I mean, I'm just very, very impressed with Corey Sanhagen. Um, and it, it makes me be like, wow, you know, I, I, I should have went with Corey Sanhagen, but you know, like I said before, this is a very close fight. And I, I, in theory, I really did go with the guy who I was finding more of a threat. And I thought it was Marias, but Sanhagen did exactly what he needed to do to win the fight. So, before that, in the co-main event, we had Edson Barboza defeating Makan uh, Amir Khani. Uh, that fight took place in the featherweight division. Barboza won by unanimous decision, and I thought he did it in quite convincing uh, fashion. I really thought, despite you know letting up some takedowns, I thought he really won all the fights, uh, all the rounds of the fight, Um, you know, and a lot of the times when he got taken down, it was, you know, towards the later part of the round, Um, but Barboza, I mean, dropping Amir Khani, uh, I believe three, around three times, destroying the body, uh, Barboza looked excellent, and uh, so, you know, the first round, uh, Amir Khani looked quite well too, and I'd like to see him get back in there against you know, a pretty good fighter. Um, cause obviously we know Barboza is pretty legit, uh, you know, fighting the top and the who's who in the 155 division. So, um, I'd like to see Amir Khani fight, you know, someone maybe like a Bryce Mitchell, who we know is a very good ground, uh, fighter, uh, maybe even uh, Ryan Hall. Uh, I know Ryan Hall's been looking at a, a you know for a fight for a long time, and a lot of people are you know scared to fight him. Uh, and we know Amir Khani is very good on the ground. So number thirteen rank in in Ryan Hall and number fifteen rank in Bryce Mitchell, I could see either of these working. And for Edson Barboza, I know he's calling out for a top six, top five fighter, and I I, I think he's ready for sure. Um, he had a very close fight with Dan Ige, who's ranked number 10, who a lot of people thought he beat, uh, in his previous fight, which was his first fight at the 145 division. So I'd like to see a top six fight for him. Uh, maybe even, you know, go a little bit below, maybe like a Josh Emmett, who's ranked number seven, but, um, 
And I'll give a little bit of a breakdown of the 145 right now just because, you know, there's there's a good amount of fighters happening. And next week we have Ortega versus the Korean Zombie. So that's number two facing number four. And, you know, Holloway just lost to the uh, champion who Holloway's ranked number one. So and he lost twice to Volkanovski. So we don't I don't think we're going to get a third fight. So that means he's open. Uh, number two and number four are out. So, you know, is a beat who is number three going to get the title fight? I mean, possibly, um, he, he's been supposed to fighting the number five for a long time. Who's Yari Rodriguez. Um, so, you know, maybe he fights Yari Rodriguez. Uh, there's also Calvin Cater, but at at this point, I don't think Yari or Calvin Cater is really going to take a, a fight lower, um, I'd love to see Cater versus Holloway, personally. So right now, you know, there's some fights that are happening, some fights that were supposed to happen, so it's kind of tough. Um, I think he could definitely get a fight like Josh Emmett. The thing is, is this isn't an up-and-coming fighter who isn't that creditable. Um, he has credit wins in the 155 division. He's coming up, so I think a win over him... Uh, for other fighters looking at it, taking a fight down, it, it doesn't really make them lower and I don't think it's as much of a risk just because I think he's pretty legit and I'd love to see him get in there against some high quality 145ers and see what Barboza could do I really liked his performance I thought his striking looked crisp and he didn't quite have to use everything in his kicking arsenal uh he used it smart um I really liked what I saw in Edson Barboza I'm happy he moved down to the featherweight division and I'm excited to see what's next for him so before that we had Ben Rothwell versus Marcin Tibera you know I had Ben Rothwell all the way uh and he looked great in the first round throwing a high volume amount of strikes but uh Tibera just you know wet kind of weathered that and and uh it almost seemed like Rothwell started to slow down towards the end of the fight, and Tibera, his striking looked good towards the end of the fight, and it, and it won him the decision, and, uh, you know, Rothwell clearly won the first to me, uh, Tibera, the second, it was close, but I think you got to give it to him, and in the third, uh, he did get that takedown and controlled Ben Rothwell for three minutes, and, uh, you know, some people think it could have been a 10-8 round. He did a lot of work, and credit to Tibera. I'm, I'm excited to see what's next for him due to the fact that Rothwell is so creditable and he's got such experience. So, you know, you could do that to Ben Rothwell. I think you have a have a future in that, in that heavyweight division. So before that, uh, in the middleweight division, Du Palacios finished – uh, Marcus Perez in the first round, you know, I thought Duplessis looked very, uh, I want to say hesitant and kind of locked up, uh, in, in the first round, but you know, he caught Perez and put him out and, uh, that was it. I thought Perez looked very calm, very, uh, composed, throwing high strikes, heavy strikes, looked pretty good. Uh, but you know, Perez got it done in the first round and, uh, finished him. Before that, uh, you had Tom Espinal uh, finishing Alan Botta, and uh, Botta came out very fast, and uh, Espinal kind of poured on some strikes and then took him down and then just absolutely laid down the ground and pound and finished him. Uh, I really like Espinal. I think he, he's, he's big, 
you know, he's they're in the heavyweight division, but he's big, but he's also very fit and he looks good for that division. Um, he's pretty fast. I, I'd like to see him continue to, to improve and see what he can do in that division. Um, I found out after uh, I did last podcast that he trains with Tyson Fury. So, you know, he, he's definitely uh, surrounding himself with the right kind of people, mindset, uh, talent-wise. So I'm excited to see what's next for him. Uh, he's very skilled, and um, I, I think he could do some damage in the heavyweight division. And in the first fight of the night in the featherweight division, you had uh, Tapera defeating uh, Zalal by unanimous decision. And, uh, you know, Zalal was trying to move around, and Tapera, uh, Tapera my mistake, um, you know, he kind of just was hurting Zalal, throwing some heavy strikes, and then would go for, you know, some takedowns and landed five of nine takedowns. Um, you know, uh, attacked for uh, five submissions and controlled the fight, you know, eight minutes. Um, it was kind of back and forth, but, you know, you just had Tapura kind of getting those those uh, bigger moments out of the exchanges and, and situations of the fight, and that gave him the decision, um, winning two of the three rounds. And that was a pretty entertaining fight, and the main card was, was very entertaining. Um, and I'll touch on a couple prelims because overall the prelims were very, very, uh, exciting and fun. You know, the, the first couple, uh, the first four started off in decisions and they were good fights, but I was like, oh, wow, you know, are we going to get a night where we're not getting many finishes? I mean, I know Tony Kelly almost got a finish and there was a couple times where you thought there might've been finishes in, in the first couple fights, but then, uh, in the middleweight division in the fifth fight of the night, you had a crazy, crazy knockout by Hakeem Buckley, who I talked about, who I was very excited to see Impa Kesagana fight, a fighter who, who came off of a win and then before that winning the Dana White Contender Series. Uh, he was facing Hakeem Buckley, and I was very excited to see this fight. Um, and Hakeem Buckley may have just scored himself uh, the best knockout in UFC history. Uh, if you haven't seen it, go check it out. Go search up Hakeem Buckley. I'm sure you've already seen it all over social media, but uh, basically like a ninja spinning back kick. Uh, Impa caught Buckley's foot and Buckley jumped and did a spinning back kick. Uh, it was very, very talented and cool to see. I, you know, I was watching it live and I was like, holy shit. That was crazy, and Impa just went absolutely unconscious. Uh, it was a cool, cool moment in the UFC. One of those Masvidal knocking out Ben Askren type moments. Um, but if you haven't seen that knockout, go check it out. A uh, very, very talented uh, fighter in Joaquin Buckley. Uh, overall, good fight. You know, Buckley kind of, you know, he didn't just pull that knockout out of his ass. Uh, he was winning and doing a very good job against a, a talented fighter in Impa. And uh, Kasekana did a great job of, of, of dealing with this loss, you know, coming out and saying, you know, credit to Buckley. I'm going to come back and, and come back better. Um, and then uh, one other fight I want to touch on the prelims was Chris Dawkins uh, destroying Rodrigo Um Dawkins, you know, coming off of a nice win, uh knockout win previously he came out and uh lit up rodrigo 
again. Uh, well, lit up Rodrigo this time, but uh, you know, coming out with a, a, a knockout win. His, his strikes look beautiful, um, and you know, he's a guy who looks like he he's lost some weight. Uh, he is in the heavyweight division, but you know, he's getting more fit, and and uh, I'm excited to see what's next for him because. I, I, he's up and coming. He's 10 and three. Uh, his strikes look beautiful. So I'm excited to see him face some harder talent. And I know he's going to continue to improve. So I'm excited to see him progress in this division and face some harder guys and see how he does against uh, uh, some bigger challenges. Um, and also, you know, you could tell, you know, he's losing some weight. Maybe he puts on some muscle. Maybe he's going to start to transform his body a little bit and, he, and he's going to do some real damage in this division. So, you know, overall, it was a great, great card, um, action top to bottom. You know, you can't really complain at all, and you really never can complain with these cards because they've just been so entertaining. You know, that was UFC Fight Night and Mariah's uh, versus, versus Sanhagen, and it was in Abu Dhabi. It was last Saturday on the 10th. Um, you know, overall, it was a great card. Uh, the last thing I'll, I'll touch on is Conor McGregor, just because I know I've been giving some recent updates on him in the past couple episodes. Um, it seems like what's next for him is is uh, Dustin Poirier, and I'm very excited about that. They have fought before. You know, there's nothing officially announced, but, you know, when you look at these two guys, what's next for them? Yeah, it's it's, it's uh, each other. So I'm excited to see that they have fought Um it should be interesting to see if, if Dustin Poirier can, uh, you know, has he made the improvements since he fought Connor? I definitely think so. But I think Connor's striking is just phenomenal. And I don't think Dustin Poirier is going to be able to do the ground things like Khabib as far as I do think uh, Dustin Poirier's jujitsu is much better than Connor's and he probably could submit Connor, but I don't think he's going to be able to take down Connor at ease. I think Connor's takedown defense is one of the best in the 155 division. So getting Connor down is going to be the problem and holding him there will be the problem as well. Um, and then that, okay. So then you think if it's on the feet, is Dustin Poirier striking good enough to take down Connor McGregor? I personally, I don't think so, but you know, People have a lot of different opinions. We'll, I'll give a further breakdown, obviously, when this fight gets officially announced. I'd imagine it's going to be a headline of a pay-per-view. I mean, there was an announcement that UFC 255, Cody Garbrandt dropped out against Figueredo. So Figueredo needs an opponent. I believe they got him one. But, you know, that doesn't necessarily mean it's still going to be a main event of that pay-per-view. They may shoot. Conor McGregor and Dustin Poirier in there, um, and also, so that was supposed to be the November uh, pay-per-view, the December pay-per-view, the last one of the year, uh, welterweight Kamaru Usman was supposed to fight Gilbert Burns, and a spe- a, supposedly Kamaru Usman wants some more time, so that fight's going to probably happen in January or February, so that leaves the next two pay-per-views after this month uh, open. And Tony Ferg, uh, not Tony Ferguson, Conor McGregor and Dustin Poirier could fill that. And, uh, you know, I, I'd like to see them fight. I know Conor wants to fight before the end of the year. He's still going to donate money to Dustin Poirier's, uh, 
foundation. And, uh, you know, I think they do get this fight done. I think that they've offered it to them and they're just trying to work out some deals, figure it out, fit it into the schedule and get it done before the end of the year. I'm excited to see that fight. And the last thing I'll touch on, which is, um, I know, I know I keep adding things, but so this, this month's pay-per-view Khabib versus, uh, Justin Gaethje. I, you know, I'm so excited for that fight. You know, we're, we're not far from it. Uh, just about two weeks and I cannot wait. But so uh, Islam Makachev uh, was supposed to fight Rafael Dos Santos. Rafael Dos Santos got coronavirus. So uh, Islam needs a, uh, needs a fight. So, you know, he's empty. He's still on the card. They're I'm assuming looking for an opponent for him. And I, I, I just want to say that I think, I do think Michael Chandler would be a great fit for that. Uh, they have Chandler as the backup for Justin, uh, Justin Gaethje and Khabib, just in case one of them drop out, he will fit in. And I've talked about it, how I think that makes sense. But if Michael Chandler is cutting weight training for the, for, you know, he's training and Khabib and Gaethje are good to go. You know, it, it sucks a little bit for Chandler because now he gets no reward of fighting. He cut weight and everything, you know. So I do think for Michael Chandler's first fight, he should fight Islam. And I think that would be a great fight for him to enter the UFC in. Um, I think he has the striking advantage. I think Islam's going to be a good grappler. So that should be a good grappling match as well and uh i think that would be a great fight I, although islam is ranked number 12 i do think that that's a great fight for him because it shows how legit he could pos possibly be um a win over michael chandler obviously would be good because you know he's he's a guy who could be a title contender and they're obviously the ufc is obviously viewing him as